The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. And joining us this week, hey, there he is. Um, we have Seth Carden, who... What's going on? I believe you're a YouTuber. I have forgotten what your show is, so go ahead and plug uh, that my, now. My YouTuber is uh, called The Sith Lord Adventures. Uh, it's just a bunch of random stuff, and right now I'm kind of throwing out challenges to Bob Chapek. Just to see if he's going to respond to anything I criticize him on. Uh, hate to burst the bubble, but probably not. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just fun to do it anyway. And also <laughs> joining us, you can hear him with Derek over on the Falcons Lounge, a part of the New England Society of Geeks show, depending on which week you do the Star Wars episode. And that is Jimbo. How's it going, Jimbo? No, you, when you when you jammed the signal to the first order, you apparently jammed yourself too. <laughs> no, still jammed. <laughs> that reminds me, we. How about now? Uh, do yes, yeah, got you now. There he is. There you go. Okay. We haven't done finally. We haven't uh, done the uh, Falcons Lounge in a while. We're gonna have no, to do we one, Jimbo. Yes, I know. Well, we, we didn't. We didn't have a whole lot of material in a, for a little bit, but now we've got some. So. Mm. So, um, before we get any further, check out the homepage, wookieradio.net. Uh, support our affiliates that are on the right hand side of the page. Uh, also, too, check out our Instagram, uh, where we've been running contests. That's how we met Seth, who won our Kessel Runners hockey jersey contest uh the first one we did two weeks ago and there's a contest going now or has just ended depending on when you're listening to this show um which we are giving away a copy of the book from and uh, i entered again mostly because of my little daughter so ah the, the book is called yoda one for me yoda one for me and it's a cute little uh little book from chronicle books oh i, I thought i, I came up with where i would love to win that for my little girl so <laughs> if no one win, if, if you're not the winner of the book you can go buy it for like nine ten bucks on amazon it's a great it's a great yeah. little book <laughs> but i thought i came up with a great contest name looking for love in all the wrong places well yoda won for me <laughs> that's good 
So um, before we get into, well, I guess I can make it part of tonight's news. Uh, first news story of the week, um, kind of told Derek earlier in the week on Weeby Geeks, but as we're, <laughs> oh, yeah. we are, we're not recording on our normal Wednesday night because of my work schedule at work and it's not going to get any, well, it's going to get a lot crazier for the next month to five weeks. <laughs> Maybe a hair more, but hopefully not too bad. Um, because as we're recording this on Friday the fourth, tomorrow or Saturday the fifth is my last day at American Gardens Theater at Epcot. Aww. Oh, don't feel bad for him. No, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna be yeah. here at the end of uh, February. So <laughs> yeah, don't don't feel bad for me. See. Because so you're the, gonna be like the Jeffersons moving on up, sorta. Because <laughs> this next bit of news is how He's you moving on to a cruise ship. This next, oh. this next bit of news is how you feel sorry for me. Starting Tuesday, February 8th, I will be a entertainment technician at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Oh, you poor man. Now, if I'm not, now, if I'm not a stand right now trying to find people to work or to transfer over. Um, yeah, they've, they've been pulling, looking for people to be part of uh, the opening team. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Their servers or something that they're, yep. that people are not wanting to do. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, entertainment is where I'm at, uh, as one of the technicians, entertainment technicians. Um, so thankfully my request was, was asked or was entertained. Well, it was accepted. Uh, my offer was accepted. Now, I put it out there saying, Hey, I want to be a part of this. And, um, they, they accepted it. So, Oh, cool. So I had to do the legwork myself. There was, there was no real internal job fair for entertainment uh, for the ah. tech side or, or cosmetology. It was, you, you, you had to pretty much lay your own groundwork if you weren't already over there or pulled for over there. So, but unfortunately, no, I'm not going to be scooping a lot of other podcasts or anything else because I have inside information because I am looking forward to my new job and I respect my NDA that I have with the company. So, and I've already been told by my new manager, anything you see and read is confidential. So until it's released by Disney, not hearing it come out of my mouth. So, so as, so as much torture as we put you through, we can't, you won't release anything to us. You can put me through all sides of torture. Now I know nothing because I haven't seen anything yet. I don't start until Tuesday. Yeah. What Vader did to Han Solo is nothing compared to what he's getting. <laughs> yeah i mean this this thing's still listed at even though everyone knows what it is it still has its disney project name until we open yeah so yeah <laughs> which i think which i think is cool that this is, this is the first time i'm working on something that is listed as a project under a project name so <laughs> That's an, in my 24 years with the company. That that's a new one for me. So I'm excited about it. So yes, I will be a a cast member over at the Galactic Star Cruiser. Oh, that's and that, awesome! And that starts very very soon. So I'm excited. Probably about the only thing I'll be able to say is yes, it does feel like Star Wars. So deal with it. <laughs> but I will be laughing at all the naysayers. Like yeah, you just don't know. And that will be fun. So, but uh, we have Jim and Seth joining us this week uh, because we're going to do. Oh, wait, sorry. No, we're not going to do that. We're gonna... <laughs> we have we have three we have three episodes of Book of Boba Fett to catch up on. 
and and hopefully Derek will for next week will be able to watch Book of Boba Fett before we record next Wednesday. Mm. You haven't seen anyone? Someone? No, I've seen. I'm caught up. I want to come back. <laughs> it's just usually when we record on Wednesdays. I cannot guarantee. Up. I can't guarantee I'll be able to see it, but I'll do what I can. You have it on in the background. Are you? I can have it on in the background. <laughs> I'm gonna pay attention to that. <laughs> He must have mercy. Full attention is gonna be on that. That's right. That sounded kind of keeps himself in anyway. the bubble fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, before 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 we get into what happens in the slaver stays in the slaver. <laughs> well, before we get into that part of it, um, this week's bonus bounties um, were announced. Uh, Tuesday, I believe. And again, just some new offerings based around um, chapter five. Uh, wait, I'm looking at the right day? Yeah. So the bonus bounties came out Tuesday. So before episode six came out. And it some stuff from uh, a sweatshirt, tote, and tee from Fifth Sun, uh, Rock'em Sock'em so- Rock'em Socks, uh, Mandalorian Darksaber Socks, and some new cards from uh, the digital cards by Tops. And then there was the whole fiasco over the new pre-order for Boba Fett Black Series that was supposed to have happened Wednesday, but it's not, or on Tuesday later that day is now not happening till Tuesday the eighth. And the the uproar on the internet from all that has been nuts. And of course, um, there there there's no sense in <laughs> discussing it because we have talked about it many many times on on the show about the whole issue with um with the club and in the market and what's going on so unless somebody wants to mention something real quick no i don't i don't see a need no because it's not going to make any any change to what happens every it's every time so yeah yeah so and obviously they don't they they don't care that there's problems because they're still selling out of all their product yeah yeah, until people stop buying it and um, the selling it and hitting it that hard right away, they're not going to make any changes because they're still making their money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's get right into Book of Boba Fett, Chapter Four: The Gathering Storm. Um, I got to go back and remember what was on that one. Yeah, you know, there's been so much. Everything else, so much. Yeah. Well, there was a storm and a gathering. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> well, thankfully, thanks to StarWars.com, I've got the five highlights from Chapter 4. Uh, Fennec Shan's transformation. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. They found you dead in a dust pile. I brought you back to life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we get a little bit of the backstory of how she got her mechanical innards. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was because of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Or because of Boba Fett. Boba. And actually some more, because remember in Mandalorian, we saw that she had the, um, looked like droid parts or something. So it, it, there was plenty of speculation on what's going on with that. Now we know what actually it was. It was actually just parts to replace where she'd been damaged. It was, it's not, she's not fully cybernetic or anything. Yeah, because I can I can remember watching Mando and that and those episodes where they were rescuing Grogu from the from the uh, mountaintop and everybody was wondering, oh, how did Fennec Shan survive? You know, and yeah. I know. Well, you know, I mean, basically, I asked that question myself, but 
I think we brought it up on the Falcons Lounge at one point in time too, because we thought it was maybe. Cool. Maybe I had to go back. I had to go back and look at that episode because I didn't remember seeing her uh, seeing the mechanical parts until watching the episode where Boba explains to her what happened. So I had to go back and rewatch that and go, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a brief because uh, M- Mando asked Boba Fett or asked her how she survived. She kind of flashed a little bit of her. Um, hardware there. Oh, I didn't yeah. remember that. Yeah, it was it, it was very brief and kind of left you hanging a little bit. You were like, oh, maybe you weren't one hundred percent sure, but I think it was pretty cool. So uh, number two, sneak attack. Finnick and Boba are a formidable pair, um, as evidenced by their cunning infiltration of Jabba's palace through the scullery. Uh, they take down the droids, including a poor LEP model who had rather power yeah. down than be taken alive. Mm. But then, so did, between this one and the next one, uh, the one thing that I was a little disappointed with in this episode was the portrayal of the um, the fire spray now or whatever the slave one and the way and Boba's skill piloting this thing. He's had this for years. And he's banging it around all through the hangar and stuff. He can't fly it straight. And he, they're showing that he's having problems seeing what he's doing. It's like he's owned this ship for 20, 30 years. He doesn't know how to like use the sensors to see what he's doing or something. He has to actually visually see what's going on. But we're, all, we're also, too, dealing with a Boba Fett that's still recovering from the Sarlacc pit at this point. He's not completely healed. Yeah, I don't and know. who knows? Who knows what shape the uh, ships in too? Because fire spray was in. Well, the other one that yeah. bothered me with this was still with this was when he gets to the Sarlacc pit, and um, that the Sarlacc can actually hold it in place. This is an intergalactic ship. That's not. This is not just a skiff. So it's got the, yeah, the, yeah. That's what confused space. me the most regarding that regarding like, that scene. <laughs> How is this uh, tentacles of a creature going to hold it in place? I mean, it was just. See, that, I don't know. That, it just seemed like they depowered the ship a whole lot more than what you expect for what this ship is. And that's the next one the Sarlacc versus a seismic charge. So we'll lead into the seismic charge, but um, my my favorite. Well, they did. They didn't just change the name. (laughs) They weakened it. Yeah. My, yeah. One of my favorite comments that I've seen a couple times online is um, the ship can't pull away from the Sarlacc pit without problems. So it's able to get pulled in, but Lando can't get pulled in as easily. It must make yeah. Lando the most powerful being in the in the universe. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> of course. Well, hello. What do we have here? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it was a cool visual seeing the ship flying upside down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It was an awesome image to see the ship flying upside down to look down into the gullet of the Sarlacc. But once again, why is he visually looking and not using sensors or something? He is using sensors. He's using sensors. They still make a point of it that he's looking out the canopy trying to look in there visually. It's like, come on, man. This is a ship that actually has a, um, a full suite of sensors. It's a modified for bounty hunting. But you have to actually look out the canopy to see if you can see your armor. But I, what I don't understand well, is why doesn't he blast first and then just sift through the, the debris afterwards? That's what I yeah. I mean, yeah. if I was, I'm Boba well, Fett. I'm the baddest Mando in the planet other than Mando now. But you know what? I'm going to go in there all guns blazing and like, 
I'm getting my stuff back. Boom! But that's just me. The other thing that bothered me about that was he was looking in the Sarlacc pit, and he's like, oh, I can't see my armor. I'm like, how do you think you're going to see your armor and all that? You know, just looking down at Sarlacc's throat. Yeah. First yeah. of all, it's painted green, so it, like, blends in with all the other debris and detra down there. That's it. That's what didn't make sense. Again, I I rewatched that scene like about two or three times trying to figure out why someone as skillful as him would not think to maybe maybe he did try to access the uh, microchip or the sensor in his helmet. But I mean, I don't know. I just I, I, I completely yeah. agree that he should have shot it first and then I'm try to go in and look. I'm questioning how he thinks or, or, or what what didn't make sense to me is why is he back looking in the Sarlacc for his armor when he knows he had it when he when the came jaw was out good. See, because right. he used yeah. the flamethrower gauntlet to get out. Out. Yeah. Well, the, actually, I know um, other yeah, podcasts I've heard them yeah. talking about this that actually kind of made a little sense, though, that if you look at the condition he climbs out of that in, he was so delirious, he may not realize how he got out of it. And he was right there <laughs> at the edge. Yeah. yeah. And he was at the edge. Yeah. When the Jawas stole all of his stuff, he, he was out cold. He didn't even know that they were there. So it could have been, yeah, he climbed yeah, out, kind of, I mean, and used everything he could. And just for all he knows, he fell in the pit and um, started to fight. And next thing he knows, he wakes up with the Tuscans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Tuscans yeah. won't keep, Tuscans won't keep the armor. They'd probably just kick it back in the pit. And, yeah. Know. If he even had the armor then. Yeah. Very as far true. as he knows, right. he doesn't know. Yep. This is, I think this is the first step of him saying, okay, where's the armor at? Cause he didn't know where it was. Yeah. Last place he saw it was in the Sarlacc pit. Yep. Right. So, of course, the Sarlacc then comes back to life, goes after the ship. And how does he manage to pull the ship away from the Sarlacc pit? Seismic charge. Seismic charge. <laughs> he doesn't even do it. No, Fennec does. Fennec Then she gets the uh, correction of, don't touch my buttons. <laughs> <laughs> You're pushing my buttons. Uh, highlight number four from this episode: Santi's return. For Santi, expected this on the last episode when yeah. Santi left. I thought for sure he was going to stick around. Yeah, um, but do get to see him rip the arms off of someone. <laughs> poor, poor Transdotion. Transdotion. Poor no. Transdotions. <laughs> no, no, no. I can pay for your bill, and you can leave the person alone. What does he do? No, I'm just going to rip, rip the arms off. <laughs> and Bubba's reply, well, you tried. <laughs> I, lo- uh, I love evil Chewbacca. Well, I mean, I had to look into his history and knowing that he had a run in with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's when the he part was looking I over know. When he was looking out for Luke and he saved uh, Luke's uncle. Mm-hmm. And I did not know how far back that history went of his until I pulled it up and I'm going, oh, well, no wonder <laughs> this guy's one. But, but it's great seeing a character that was created for the comics uh, oh, absolutely. Get, brought, get brought into uh, the live action. So yeah. it's kind of funny. My mom uh, has been watching the series as well, and she's watched the Mandalorian. And like after every episode, she go, all right, I don't understand this. Explain the lizard. <laughs> Explain that little <laughs> lizard and all this. And I found a, a little funny picture and had uh, Boba Fett with the lizard and it was uh, the Geico lizard. And 
He goes, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> the lizard was trying to help Boba Fett with his extended warranty. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> 15 minutes and you can save on your slaver. <laughs> um, and then the final highlight for this episode, an awkward dinner. <laughs> you um, think? And yeah, you're, when you're when you're having dinner over the rain car pit. Really? Of all the other places to have dinner, let's put the table over the rain car pit. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 <laughs> but it made it made the point for him though. It really right. did. That it was did. the whole idea. Was it that really you know did. what? When it doesn't go right, kick the grade a little bit, and all of a sudden, no, oh, that'll make the point for me. <laughs> <laughs> although, uh, although, although it did feel a little Doctor Evilish, you know. Uh, you know. Well, he's trying to be a crime lord. Well, I, I love the the, the one uh, the one race leader that's at the or a syndicate leader that's at the end of the opposite end of the table, opposite head of the table. Uh, was actually played by Phil Lamar. Ooh! Oh, cool. That is awesome. Yeah. So I believe that was Phil Lamar in costume as well. So cool. Nice. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, moving on to Chapter 5, Return oh. of the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, this would have been a great episode one for season three of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's it, it's really hard to, uh, well, you know, my wife was asking me tonight, like, because we watched episode six, and she was like, She's like, oh, she's like, is this still the book of Boba Fett or is this the book of the Mando Fett? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, there's a sidebar in a little bit here, but, you know, no, it's still book of Boba Fett. And it's like, she's like, well, where's Boba Fett? I'm like, yeah, well, I love these two episodes. The only thing is, Book of Boba Fett's only seven episodes long. I know. And you, and you didn't have enough story that you had to have two other two episodes of something else instead. You know. So, Bo, so the Boba Fett story that they had written out was only five episodes long. Yep. Ooh, that's pretty bad. Hey, it's it's sounds, like, wait a minute. I, like I would a, think Boba Fett would have a longer story than that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds like a Marvel Comics miniseries. Yeah. Oh. oh. I mean, these have been my two favorite episodes so far of the season. Oh, absolutely. But it's not because it's Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. No, these it's are... because it's a Mandalorian, and they're introducing the little little Grogu well, again. Grogu. Another, uh, another one that's not my original idea is the fact that um, you say you can see how Boba Fett. This is a totally different Boba Fett than we've ever seen before, and stuff. This is not what anybody expected. Well, when you created another character called the Mandalorian and you gave him all of the cool Ma Boba Fett stuff. Then you decided to do a Boba Fett series. Now it's like, wait a minute, you got to do something with Boba because you can't have him be the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, I bet you if yeah. you put, you're, you're cutting in and out there. Yeah. You're really, really quiet, which is awfully weird for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks. I was going to say the, the book, well, the Fett really isn't hasn't been that cool because, as we said before, look at his appearances in the original trilogy. He really didn't mm -hmm. do a whole lot. No, I bet. Well, I that's bet you, my point forever. I bet you if you cut up the first four episodes, like he could spend a whole episode just in the back to tank. You know, like you know, the flashbacks mm -hmm. in the back to tank is just yeah, okay. Yeah, he's got to take a dip. We understand, but you know, I remember we did that episode three. I think was about seventy-five to eighty percent all um, flashback yeah, <laughs> in the back to tank. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, it was kind of interesting too. I mean, at, when they're when uh, Boba and Fennec are standing on the balcony, he goes, "Yeah, we're gonna need muscle." And he goes, "I know where to find one." 
or find some, my mind automatically wants going. All right, enter the Mandalorian. Yeah. In the next chat. In the next chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you get to hear the music playing in the background. Yeah, you mean the theme, the theme song from this from the Finnish movie? Yeah. <laughs> As all that's been coming around lately. <laughs> Uh, so for chapter five, uh, starts off great, you know, almost very, to me, very, uh, Rocky esque. I was waiting to see, uh, see one of the butchers beating on the side of meat. Yeah. <laughs> I would almost, I would almost expect this to be a look a little more exotic. This was, uh, this looks like mm. any butcher shop or fa- uh, meat cutting factory anywhere on earth. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Other than the aliens walking around, I mean, it even looked like beef hanging there. Yeah. Uh, so, so Star Wars. Did you, did you see the? Uh, did you watch the um, the end credits? The uh, the um, sketches. Yeah, yeah. They had because in the sketch for it, they had heads hanging in, hanging on yeah. the hook. Oh and yeah, stuff yeah, of whatever the creatures uh, were. Yeah, the underground meat market. Yeah, that made it look less like a. Typical butcher shop. Well, that also. <laughs> as, well, I'll wait till we get out of the butcher shop because I got a little bit about the city he's in there too. Because I, I was waiting for Uncle Polly to come walking out and going, hey, Rocky. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Polly walks in next to Mandalorian. He'll take you in either warm or cold. Can you uh, introduce me to the mob? Give me a guy. Come on. <laughs> Give me nothing you can't refuse. So, uh, so, we, so we see. Mando coming in, still dangerous, and then he pulls out the dark saber. Mm-hmm. Most realistic, most realistic uh, uh, lightsaber fight ever because he actually wounds himself. And we yeah. all know that we would all wound ourselves if we ever got a real lightsaber. And we pretty much, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd be missing digits and hands and feet and stuff like. Yeah, that. I'd probably, be, I'd probably miss a foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, it's funny you say that. There is, um, there were some filmmakers that hired an actual swordsman choreographer, sword fighting choreographer, and do a realistic lightsaber fight and a story behind it you know master and trainer or trainee and it's on youtube just google or just on youtube just search a realistic lightsaber fight probably one of the best videos you ever see so you're talking about light so you're talking about lightsaber fights here in uh, oklahoma there is a martial artist uh group martial arts group that does lightsaber uh it's called lightsaber fights it's a martial arts group Okay. Yeah, so so it's stuff. not it's not yeah, they do. it's not the saber guild then. Wonder yeah, if they're artists uh, of saber guild. For sure, but I mean it's I mean they incorporate like uh martial mixed martial arts with uh, lightsabers and it says calling all Star Wars fans if you're a fan of lightsaber fights, this will be great for you. I'm sitting there going, This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Except, Seth, it's it's probably similar to there's a guy. So he he's um uh you know he's a real swordsmith. Yeah, or, you know the sword. I don't know what you swordsman, sword person. I don't know whatever you want to call him. Anyways, they they he, they uh, but he also does like the mixed martial arts and like they do like all those uh, uh, tournament demonstrations and stuff like that. And he actually had the the double uh, he had the double uh, lightsaber the double lightsaber and he was actually doing like you know the the cool you know maneuvers and basically yeah I saw it it was like a demo but he was like dressed up like like a like he was getting ready to like you know 
be on the Karate Kid or something like that. But it was pretty, it was still pretty cool. Probably. From Did you ever see the video of uh, Ray Parks at one of the Comic Cons? Take uh, one of the double bladed lightsabers from uh, one of the guys dressed up like Darth Maul, and yeah. he did the that, what he did in the movie. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean, it's interesting how they, when they showed uh, Mando with the dark saber and how much, I mean, he struggled with it. I mean, of course, I mean, all of us would, uh, but I I was not expecting him to just go all rainbow. <laughs> yeah, this is probably some of the most violent we've seen him even out in Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he gets to the end and actually just cuts the dude in half. He's like, you know what? All he has to do is provide mm. proof that the dude's dead. So he just cuts the head off and says, it's coming with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And even when he takes the head back to the thing, it's like, well, we want you to have dinner. I don't want dinner. <laughs> I don't want dinner. Just give me the information. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, have dinner. Well, <laughs> you're one that might want to do something with this. <laughs> Just throws it on the table. <laughs> All right, Ken, you got to tell us about the city. Yeah, um, but when he when he comes out and starts looking around, the, the ring city is cool. We've seen that in other. This whole episode had references to other um, things all over the place. Oh, but this yeah. year, tell me it didn't feel like the uh, city uh, Cassian Andor was in when he shoots the um, his informant. It has a look and feel of a very yeah. similar city. Yeah, from Rogue. This could be Rogue, where yeah. he yeah. was at. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because we never know. That. We never find out where that is or anything but that's definitely what this feels like and you when you see the um how because that city even see it felt like it was actually in space somewhere it wasn't just like on a planet with an atmosphere around yeah so that's that, not confirmed anywhere but that's what it felt like to me yeah it had that dark noir feel to it and mm-hmm. you know the gritty grimy you know you know ultra futuristic kind of neon neon underglow city yeah yeah that's a good theory well, it was interesting too. You know, here's the city at, at the ring. Hold on a second, guys. Yeah, it, it, it's it's that ring, uh, which other people have made it reference made reference to it from from another film. Yeah, the ring has been done. In, I mean, there was a whole a, um, book series of Ringworld that was stuff like that, but uh, Elysium. Same same type of concept. Yeah. So I mean, why? You know, everyone's criticized. Why wouldn't there potentially be that same type of civilization in Star Wars as well? Yeah, you could do everything I'm else. Sure, it's been in some enemies too. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been everywhere. So I mean, what's the big deal? Yeah, I think this is like one of the first times like you kind of see it. Like I, I've seen it. Well, I've heard about it in like books, like the the non-canon books. Now you know the legends stuff like that, where they had these weird cities in space, but. It wasn't. It's it wasn't just cool. Yeah, it is. I, I I like it. Well, it gives it. It gives it a little bit. You know, this, we keep on kind of treading on the same planets over and over again in the mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. So it's kind of cool to find a new place and something that's a little bit more exciting and a little bit more dangerous. You know. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with like you know the Boba Fett kind of stuff, which is you know really kind of the underworld and and uh, you know dirty run scoundrel of, of you know most Eisley in deep space and right. all this cool stuff, bounty hunting and so and this is a cool thing that we were all kind of promised with Boba Fett that we kind of you know we kind of got it in a roundabout way. So yeah. So um, to continue on, the end of Mandalore. 
Uh, we see the images of a sea of TIE bombers raining death and destruction down be- upon Mandalore. Mm. As Imperial this security, was, that was, security that droids was. stalk a, a fiery landscape, all are completely haunting. Though brief, it's unforgettable. directly out of Terminator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the red-eyed Terminator's Return. coming around. Yeah. I mean, even the ter- even the Terminator, they had. I mean, this show. This is the K two droids and um, probe droids. But Terminator, yeah. you got the T one thousands, and you got. Um, they had the flying ships also, the flying like robots and cybernetics. Yep. Following around, so th- yep. this was a shot directly out of the future in Terminator. Yep. Any yep. of the Terminator movies, all of them had this shot. Yep. Right. So, uh, training number three, training with the dark saber, back with his co- covert. Uh, Mando spars with the armorer and struggles to wield his new weapon. Of course, as she says, you're fighting against the blade as it seems to get heavier with each strike. Even for a warrior like Din Djarin, there's still much to learn. This is actually a concept, if I remember right, that goes back to a lot of um, George Lucas stuff, too. The the lightsabers actually, um, when he was, uh, when they were making the lightsabers for the original movies and stuff, they actually weighted them so that people would realize this actually, it's not just a laser on a hilt. Right. This actually has the feel and right. the weight of actually broadswords. They, they were they were supposed to be a two-handed weapon. Yeah. And it wasn't until Empire that that changed to improve on the, the battle sequences. Mm-hmm. Well, it also shows, like, if you show how heavy they actually are and stuff, that shows how much more impressive it is when Jedi are able to wield them one-handed or right. wield two of them at the same time. Right. Well, yeah. we 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 kind of see when Luke is handed the lightsaber for the first time how hard it is for him to control initially yep. until he starts, you know, especially with the one hand, and then you know that kind of goes by the wayside a little bit when we see Han use it to open <laughs> up a tauntaun. Well, he was a little clumsy with it when he did that. Yeah, speak one line. That's all he had to do, and he turned it back off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because humans are regular non Jedi are able to use a lightsaber, just not nearly with the precision and um, ability of a Jedi. Well, we mm-hmm. learned that from Finn. You know, watching him try to wield the lightsaber. Well, yeah, but um, they've never said 100. <laughs> but Finn, is, the big but thing he, is Finn, he can use the force he, also. Hey, sort of. He's, he's, he's just like Ray. When Ray first picked up a lightsaber, she automatically knew how to use it. Yeah, she that she did. Well, yep. she she did a lot better than her uh, than her. Uh, Cousin Luke. Part. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't you talk bad about Palpatine's granddaughter. <laughs> Who's oh, now come Skywalker? Sit on, come sit on Papa Palpatine's lap. <laughs> uh, so, number four highlight. Mandalorian no more. Forced to reveal that he has removed his helmet. thus breaking the Mandalorian cold code. Which I think I, I have a theory on this one. I think the armor is actually trying to protect Mando from um, from the other guy because I, I, I think I think he, Mando with the black saber or with the dark saber is going to be a um, a total distraction to Vizsla, and Vizsla is going to always want to try to like take him, and mm-hmm. like it's going to cause a problem because there's only three of them left, you know. Well, yeah, so. but you got to remember, um, Din Djarin beat Vizsla there straight up in a fair fight. Very true. He did. It doesn't mean Vizsla's not going to stop 
trying yeah, to fight. Yeah, but, that, that's what I'm saying. He's gonna, he's it's gonna right, see yeah. it's gonna see that him and it's gonna bark at him and and now we know that like even though you know Dinjarin uh, you know is the man right now who's technically the leader of you know you know of the of the mandalore you know it's it, it's always going to be that that kind of thorn in his craw that Vizsla is going to want to try to just right. test him every and or or even just like you know you know what's say one day he says hey you know mandalorian and just like starts to shiv him with a you know vibro blade right. you know and say oh i beat him in i beat him in combat that would no that one i don't think would ever happen because the children of the watch have so much of the way drilled into them that he would I don't think he would be he would do something like that because that's not the way the way is straight up combat you challenge him and you fight you fight Right. right. Well, I, I I think it's odd too. You know, he brings up Bo-Katan and you know what? Pretty much how she takes her helmet off and the armor is like, well, totally dismisses her. I was like, okay, so a true Mandalorian by birthright is not a Mandalorian. Doesn't take it. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't. She's not yeah. a follower. Yeah. So, so we're we're now dealing with the race of people versus the religion of the. Other people, of the thought yeah. of the people. Yeah, that's the armor right. and the children of the way, um, or the children of the watch or whatever, are more of the religious style. They're all about the way, the creed. Yeah, because she, because like, she even kind of alludes to you know Bo-Katan and and her way, and that you know are they real Mandalorians? You know, but they don't follow the way. You know, it's kind of you know. I mean, to me, to, to me, to me, it always seems like the the armor. I mean, Tinjarin is is he's the man, you know, and he could basically say, you know, to hell with you. I'm the leader of the Mandalorian, you know, ah, you know, I make the rules now. But he's I mean, it's he's not that kind of person. And the armor could kick his butt. But yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't I mean, have that it, mindset. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have that mindset, but I mean, he could really say, you know what, I, we do whatever I want now. So, like, you know, and, you know, kind of go in there all, you know, eastbound and down, and just be like, I take my helmet off now forever. What are you gonna do? I'm the man. Well, I wanted to but, include also. I mean, I was busy trying to with my daughter, uh, but the um, what I and this is something that was interesting because it applied to something I was reading and I train in. Uh, I I mean, I, I train with swords. So when you guys were talking about how they're weighted and all that in medieval combat, they are soldiers are the military were always told use two hands, not one. You have a better chance at using a two hand at winning with two hands than you are with one unless absolutely necessary. And I mean, you look at some of the old fashioned broadswords. The only way you can wield those things are with two with two hands. Lightsabers are like broadswords because they're in that kind of fashion. Of course, they're going to be weighted like the dark saber. So that's how I mean, I had to ex- kind of explain that a little bit, but it's it drove me nuts. So when I kept hearing, I'm going, all this time I've been training with one hand instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, what was it in? I can't remember which episode of The Mandalorian it was when they're making the escape uh, out of the out of the city. And uh, the armor literally just beats the ever-loving crap out of almost all the stormtroopers that come in there. Yeah. 
Oh, we lost a person. Well, they were just stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> and really, if, in all of the Star Wars movies we've seen so far, what has ever led you to believe that stormtroopers were good at hand-to-hand combat? They can't hit you with a blaster from across the room. You or think they're going to be able to matter. hit you by punching you? Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Even their armor is useless. Yeah. Yep. So, um, what I don't understand is why the armor. Back. Sorry, sorry. I had to go turn off the TV. Like the boxing match was getting a little rowdy in the background. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what what I don't understand is why, like you know, if I were the armor, I would have just like hit him on the forehead, boom, knocked him down, and taken the sword and go, okay, it's mine now. Okay. But that's not. But I, it's not her. It's not her not, way. I mean, she respects yeah, the. That's not the way. Because she could have taken it from him after the whole. Have you removed your helmet? Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't. Mm, but she didn't. Um. So the f- the final highlight for this episode, we see um, Mando go back to you know, get on the the cruise ship transport or the transport, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, um, and, and have a nice I, little argument with the with the Rex droid. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering, it's like, that was a totally unnecessary thing because nothing came of that. I thought, like, some of his stuff would come missing or something. But no, it's just, here you go, take it away. Now you can have it back. There was nothing special there other than showing that he had a lot of weapons. And we already know that. Yeah. I was ex- I was honestly expecting that a lot of his stuff was going to come up missing. Like the dark saber, or yeah, I thought uh, something whatever. would come of this. I think there is a kind of a hidden meaning in it, though. If you think about it, like he thinks like so little of actually being the man with the dark saber that he's willing to just put it in a bucket. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were like so dedicated to the sword, or if your mind was completely on being, you know, the 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 head Mandalorian, you would be like, you know, I'm gonna slice you in, you know, three hundred pieces, you stupid little burster droid, you know, and I'm I'm gonna walk on here with my sword and all my weapons. But he was like, you know what? Okay, it's not worth the fight, you know, whatever. And he looks <laughs> at it and he goes, yeah, whatever, you know. And he he, he just. I don't know. For me, it always seems like the Mandalorian just doesn't really care about being the Mandalorian. Yeah. Kind of just, yeah. He, he just wants to be himself and wants to do his thing. And, you know, yep. that was the, every episode has something that's a little, for me, this scene was totally unnecessary other than the fact to see it, but that whole thing with the weapons, but then the next one, the whole montage of building the fighter was way too long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. They could have made, they could have shortened that up and given us some more story. <laughs> okay, but as a former aircraft mechanic, I really do enjoy watching people build like, you know, fantasy yeah. fantasy fighters and spacecraft. So I but I was- also <laughs> never seen the, uh, <laughs> the <big> long pole. <laughs> it was yeah. an ode back to the original when they were in the, the trash compactor. Yeah, it was in the trash compactor. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Okay, so, so the question comes down to What's, what was more disturbing? Knowing that Jawas finds the these extremely rare parts in a heartbeat or the fact that Peli dated, dated a Jawa? One. I found well, after, it disturbing that she dated one. Yeah, I, I do too. After after what well, I saw in 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 the yeah, first season yeah. of The Mandalorian, you know, with that egg thing, you know, that was a little, little creepy, you know. But everybody's you know, got their kink. Hey, it's yep. it's it's a, <laughs> it, it, it's a lonely planet, you know. You need a little, you know. <laughs> Jawas do it with style, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going down a path I don't think I want to go. Um, Mike, this one's your fault. <laughs> this, is, this is the dark yeah, side. Really. Do it. Is, yeah. Just do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I like I like that I like the N one Starfighter. I always thought it was a really cool looking fighter, but yeah, I like all the Naboo. My thought style. was, how's he gonna? Yeah, I was like, what's he gonna do with a starfighter? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, how's small. he gonna collect bounties with this thing? Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah. yeah, not very roomy. Yeah. Well, if you look, no. though, he wasn't looking for this. He he had her looking for another Razor Crest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Razor Crest right. is big enough. This may be able to dock with it. Right. True. Or or I actually saw another theory mm. is one of those um, the freighters like you saw in um, in uh, Rebels, uh, the ones oh, that yeah. they find everywhere that are big enough and and heavily armored that you yeah. can use that in outer space and then just use the like the ghosts and the Phantom. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Oh no, I thought it was actually kind of interesting that they brought that little ship back in as a nod to episode one. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. It does look kind of cool once they um once they stripped it down and it's all chrome plated and it has the um, hood scoop on it basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. kind of hot rodish. They uh, hot rod souped it up. <laughs> Did they do? Was, did was it like an F one fifty? Well, also when you get to the police thing at the end, we see the same um, yeah. pilot that <laughs> caught him earlier, but his partner. There's a, a little trivia, if I remember right, about the partner there. The partner, the guy that we haven't seen yet, the other X-Men pilot, if I remember right, is actually the actor who played Luke in Mandalorian. He was the body double for Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. was he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. Huh. Yeah, but I, I, I love I know that. I, lo- I love uh, the, the other pilot. Do you really want to do the paperwork? <laughs> <laughs> you had every mm. cop in America laughing at that one guy. Yeah, uh, we've all been there. <laughs> so or security guards, for that matter. Yeah, uh, yep. yep. I, did, I did some security after high school. So I did security I, after college, and I understand all that. So yep. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Do I really want to do paperwork? No, no. Uh, nothing. I saw nothing. <laughs> all normal. Yep. But I mean, I just saw I me mean, his questions going. Well, I remember. Aren't you the guy from who flew that Razor Crest? And we need to ask you a few questions. And he just guns it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so let's get into chapter six, which I don't remember the title, and I will let someone else talk us through this one. Yeah, I could say this one here was one hundred percent. Um, all Dave Filoni. Yep. Yeah. And he, ba- he basically in one episode gave fans everything they've been asking for for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was definitely uh, it was definitely very heavy in the, uh, you know, all the threads kind of tying in and, mm-hmm. you know, all the all the different characters that, you know, and love. And it, I mean, it did. It had a little bit of everything. Yeah. It did. Uh, yeah. With the exception of a hut. I didn't see a hut there. Uh, you know, yeah, the rancor is underneath. Yep, but I mean, it it just yeah. There was a lot of uh, all I can say is that they did a really, really, really good job with the CGI of putting young Luke on on the the stunt double. Cause, yeah, because I mean, it it just it looks seamless. I know I, I remember when they did the Leia one in in uh, uh, Rogue One, and I thought that was really, really well done. But you could you could still see there was the you know the lighting was just a little off, and the you know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the the rendering and the blending was just a little off, but I mean, it was it was looked great. But they did didn't a fantastic they, job. Didn't they it. do the same thing with uh, General Tarkin and uh, Rogue One too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. actually thinking. I'm going. I know there's another guy that they had done that too. So yeah, I think they did a better job with Tarkin, be, uh, but because it was 
was like a little darker. Yeah. You know, like he he, he always kind of like sat in the, you know. He always in, sat um, in the dark anyway. Yeah, so. he sat in the darkest space. And so, you know, for him, it wasn't it wasn't as bad. But you can tell like when they were like near a display or when they were overlooking the planet and they're like, you know, you can kind of see that he looked a little CGI. But oh, yeah. But I had a quick question because you had mentioned the huts and it just kicks back to the um, to the twins that we see earlier in the season. Um, now, they're supposed to be Jabba's niece and nephew, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Cousins. Cousins? I thought they were. Yeah. yeah they're I, cousins. I wonder. Okay. Are these Zero kids? Because yeah. remember, Zero was um, the oh, relative right. um, Jabba also. What's the chances that these are Possibly. Zero the Hutt's kids? Could be. Well, I mean, Could they kind of look like Zero. In and a they're, also, they're also a little bit off. Where he was, the way they did that character was way off for what you expect from a Hutt. <laughs> Oh yeah. Over the over the yeah. Could be. Could be. That makes actually perfect oh. sense. Let's kick back to um, where we're at here on uh, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian actually goes to find his little friend to give him his package. Yep. And uh, like we've been saying, we've got Luke Skywalker in this. I think it actually, this looked better than it did in um, the shots we saw in Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it was fantastic. But think of some of the implications here because we also see Ahsoka shows up in this episode. Yes, yeah. she does. And think of the implications mm-hmm. that at this point, now we know by the time we get to the sequel trilogy, Luke Skywalker has all the parts of the story yep. because he's met Ahsoka. Ahsoka has the entire story of his family lineage. Right. So yep. he actually at that point knows who Anakin Skywalker was, not just Darth Vader. I mean, he had heard of Anakin Skywalker. He may have seen some historical stuff on him, but he learned from Anakin's Padawan yep. what Anakin was like as a man. That's, it, just, that's awesome. It, is it odd, too, that we don't see the Mandalorian pull out the Darksaber again, especially in, in this presence? He has no need to. Oh, that's correct. That's that's why, true. Yeah, why would he? Yeah, like, but to, I would. Uh, if, to ask if, for training. Maybe yeah. get some training with it. Well, he's not a check. You got to think. I know. Well, neither is yeah. Soka at this point. Yeah. But he's got um, the training he got from the armorer. She told him basically what he needs to know to figure it out. And the way he is, he'll figure it out on his own. Mm-hmm. He's not going to step yeah, up he's, he's not someone gonna... who he just he knows off to the side and say, hey, can you show me how to do this? That's yeah, not and, his character. Yeah. And Mandalorians don't like no. Jedi. They're not they're not overly friendly with Jedi. Henceforth, the best yeah. are and, and all that. So I, I cannot like I, but if I were him, I would have been like, you know, there's not too many Jedi left in this world. You know, there's not too many Mandalorians left in this world. I've got this, you know, cool ass dark saber. I don't know what to do with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but like I said, I think the armor gave him enough information that he's going to figure it out on his own from there. Yeah. And, um, and actually, I don't think he's going to have the same problems with Jedi that the Mandalorians traditionally had because he wasn't raised. Um, like the other Mandalorians were with the Jedi being the enemy. True, true. I right, mean, it, yeah. it does pass down a lore. There weren't any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At, the, at this point, you don't have a, a too many Mandalorians. And you only know maybe two or three of the Jedi. So actually, I think there's and, probably a lot more Mandalorians than they think. There was only a couple of them that are left from that um, coven. From that skirmish. Yep. yep. And you got to think, Bo has an entire thing of Mandalorians that are uh, um, the traditional Mandalorians. Very yeah. true. And and you got Bo-Katan right. and, and their group, and mm-hmm. you know, so I mean, there, you know, not everybody follows the way that you know the that the armorer goes on, but yeah. So so you, you can't. Have. No, we don't know how much 
we don't know how much he knows about the history of the Jedi and the Mandalorians either. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, he got some of it from the armorer, but yeah, not, obviously not everything. Well, of but, course, um, what he gets from the armorer is very skewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very biased yeah. against against the Jedi. And but you know. actually, we skip past at the end of the last episode. Remember, the last thing we see though is Fennec Shand actually comes and offers and tells um, the Mandalorian that Boba Fett needs help. Yep, and offers him cash for it, and he said, "No, this one's on the house." This one's on the house. Yeah. Yeah. So it, cool. we know this from the TV, from the uh, Mandalorian series that Din Djarin is a different type of bounty hunter. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. So, but um, we do get to see uh, the the building of Luke's Jedi Temple. Yep. Training yeah. Academy. And it's training. And we see yeah. be destroyed in the sequel trilogy in the flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and Always. we also get to see Luke training Go- Grogu similar to the way he was trained by Master Yoda. I thought it, that was actually kind of interesting with uh, Grogu on uh, Luke's back and it flashed all the way back to uh, his training in uh, on Dagobah mm-hmm. with him running through the swamp and uh, just Grogu doing the meditation and almost getting the frog and then Luke... (laughs) <laughs> does does the meditation all the frogs just come up and Grogu's going ooh which one do I choose <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's going ooh I like that one that one ooh that one's plump <laughs> oh, I mean, no, come on. I mean again my uh, mom follows the show and she literally goes alright who's this other girl person there with Luke and what's going on I'm not sure what's what the flashback or whatever with that they showed with the stormtroopers and I had to fill her in on like <laughs> all the way back and yeah my <laughs> I mean this goes back to my love for Star Wars I mean and I give all the credit to my parents on this but and I follow it more religiously than anything else and was it the first movie my wife ever saw when we were dating was I think it was like episode eight the last Jedi I think it was um and I gave her literally like the complete was it the idiot's guide to Star Wars going from <laughs> first chapter to the last one trying to catch her up <laughs> and, and so it's like my mind's like flashing back on all right Grogu's at the temple this is when Order 66 is going down. And, but I mean, I'm still not sure because I read that was very that, interesting. It was interesting because I mean, I'm sitting there going, but who saves him? I'm almost wondering, you still don't know if that's when the exactly. empire gets a hold of him because the client mm. and the imperial um, guys in that when we first meet him that hired the uh, bounty hunters to find Grogu were working for the empire and they had yep. already had him before. Somehow right. he had gotten away. Yep. So I'm wondering if the um, right, yeah. the clone troopers hadn't taken him prisoner there because of his age or an officer was there or something. Or or if he is the because here's the problem. If he was a replicant of uh, Yoda, then they the Emperor would have given orders for anybody who found him to grab him and yeah. to not kill him. Grab him, get him, bring him to me, you know, kind of thing. Spe- yeah. well, especially when you see this flashback and it's Luke trying to figure out um, or trying to help Grogu remember what yeah, his where he came from. Like. Where he came and from. 
from? Where did and, he come from? That his earliest memory is of the temple. He doesn't have any memories of anything before the temple. Yep. And then, right. and then, obviously, we saw at the end of Mandalorian two, we saw him use some pretty dark side powers. So yeah, yeah. So you and know, for for a moment, I was all excited because like, oh, we're gonna see Yoda's original planet. But no. Yeah, I. I, I it was I'm a brief the, second there. Yeah, I'm the same with you, Derek. I was, I was like, come on, I want to see it. I'm like, come on, show me. <laughs> Okay, All right. Sorry. So someone fill me in on this. So when they show that flashback, yep. that show the main clone trooper in the front with the blue stripes. Who was that? That's one of the captains. I think they were generic clone troopers. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the clones. Yeah. Specific one. That may okay. have been Captain Appa, who would have been possibly who, who was captain of the five hundred first of that okay. group uh, at the that, at the temple. Is that the one that went to the Bad Batch? Or no, that's Rex. Oh, okay. Who was already who was with um, at this point in time? Uh, Ahsoka was already was with Rex. Right. So Rex was <laughs> even though he didn't change his helmet or add the orange to his helmet, he was unofficially a part of uh, was that. 332nd, 339th, whatever the Ahsoka group is. I don't remember. No, it's three something, 330 yeah. something. So, um, but no, for it, it was interesting the whole dialogue back and forth with Ahsoka and then Ahsoka with, uh, with Luke, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, also, um, the idea is back that, um, and a lot of people have wondered um, the differences between Luke's Jedi Order and the original Jedi Order. And you see that, no, Luke is actually training in the way of the original Jedi Order with the lack of attachment and things like that. Because yeah, which Ahsoka told it. kind of uh, bothered me because yeah, but you, you would think maybe they would learn that that was kind of part of the downfall of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, but you do but you, their you, lack you of do, attachment. You do see it in in The Last Jedi where he kind of says, you know what, I, I started up this thing and you know what? I, I wanted to make it and train Jedi mm-hmm. in the way that I was mm, taught. Yeah. And then I just kinda I, I went overboard. I went crazy. And yeah. or not crazy, but you know, I did it wrong. And but the, right. But does something like this confirm uh no Mara Jade? Or if we do get Mara Jade, there's no relationship between the two of them. Oh, we already know that at this point, because when you get to The Last Jedi and uh, um, The Rise of Skywalker, it's it's um, you can tell Luke has never really he's always been on his own. Yeah, 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 because he's an old curmudgeon and he doesn't unless unless there's some drastic thing that happens and he hooked up with someone who um, didn't make it past that or something. Well, no, because also at the same time, he pulled a Palpatine. Yeah, but also at the same time, like past past Grogu and in between that and and his new padawans he he also works a lot with uh with leia so Mm-hmm. And those, yeah. you know, and that, and that's in that time frame where, you know, he's he's still, you know, Gothmo, you know, Gothmo, uh, uh, Luke, and he's kind of still in his, <laughs> his his brooding phase with his, you know, black suits and mm-hmm. you know, being, being <laughs> lightsaber, and you know, he's still kind of in that in that thing of you know, I need to be a you know a gone loner until he you know kind of turns the corner and then becomes the the recluse who's out on Octo. And just you know, in the in the traditional you know Jedi garb. Right. So yeah. so I mean, this is this is where he's you know still feeling his wild oats. So I I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you might you might be able to see a Mar Jade thing in there. You know. Now going back to the, the flashback with uh, after Luke does the the Vulcan mind meld with Grogu. <laughs> um, 
To me, it looked like Grogu was potentially hiding in Barra Sophie's office because it looked like her symbol that was on the walls or on the door. Yeah, yeah. I, have to, and I have to watch back again because I didn't see that. Yeah, of course, this yeah, is all. Yeah, I didn't this, notice. So, the question is, could Barris potentially have rescued Grogu? After see, that was the that was one I of the articles po- that I read. Point, anything's that possible. Popped up. I think uh, it was either yesterday or today, and I'm going, "Why does that name sound familiar?" Then I start reading. I'm going, "Oh yeah, she's so, the one." who warned about the direction the Jedi was going yeah, and then sabotaged Ahsoka to eventually get her to leave the order. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. But the, the thing, the thing is where I, I don't think anybody really rescued him other than maybe putting him in their office. But, uh, you know, because when you watch the stormtroopers or when you watch the clone troopers or stormtroopers or whatever you want to call them at that point in time, when they're executing Order 66, they're like, they're just like straight out like I'm killing some Jedi. And then all of a sudden they get up to him and they go, oh, all right, there he is. Go, let's go get him. You know, it, like. Like, if you're just, like, mm. there to kill the dude, you're just going to be blasting. You're not going to be asking any questions. You're just, like, going to be like, I don't want right. to talk to you. But they didn't with him. They they stopped and, and like, clearly shouted out, hey, look at that. He's right there. There he is. Get him. Yep. <laughs> and so they went and got him. So yeah. I have a feeling that he didn't get saved. He They were looking for him. Someone Intentionally. wanted him. Yep. Someone wanted him, and they went and they found him, and they got him, and then they... You know, well, th- th- well could this, it be- this kind of goes back to, to another question that keeps being brought up in Clone Wars in season yep. seven. Why is Ahsoka attacked when Order 66 is given if she is no longer a Jedi? And everyone well, knows clone- she never left the order, that she left the order. Because well, the clone they- troopers then realize that she's not a Jedi anymore. Yeah. They I automatically think- assume that she is because of her wielding the lightsabers. Yep. And so, therefore, she's on the ship. She has lightsabers. She's a Jedi. She dies. Yeah. I mean, they are. And also, she's mm-hmm. always been known as a Jedi. Yeah. Right. So, whether or not right. she left, they're not making that distinction. And she knows. They're the just force. gonna kill her. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah they just don't like her. They they know she she uses the force, you know. So hey, force lightsabers, you're a Jedi. Okay, let's kill you. Yeah, but they but they they but remember group, when she was a little brat. Very well, true. The, but this group knows that <laughs> she's not a Jedi because you know she's coming back and doing a favor for Anakin. Yeah, as a non Jedi, but yet is attacked as if she was a Jedi. Well, I think Rex yeah. was the only one who truly realized who she, yeah, but he, she wasn't when she finally rescued him and got the implanted chip out of his skull. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, they. Yeah, but he was ready to attack care. her as well. Yeah. I would guess they would still think of her as a as a danger to them. Yep. Yeah. So back to chapter six. Um, yeah. Um, well, we got one more thing that happened there that we could talk. But then we got to do the other half of the episode. <laughs> but one last thing was yeah. Luke presents um, does sit down Grogu with and presents him with a choice. We see what the package was that the Mando brought, and it was a, it was a small chainmail shirt made of Beskar. Oh, you little Then we see in a tiny little box this tiny little lightsaber hilt and find that Yoda had made another lightsaber once he got the Dagobah. And this was Yoda's lightsaber. And he presents Grogu with the choice. You can choose the way of the Mandalorian or the way of the Jedi, but you can't do both. 
So does does Grogu grab the chainmail and go holler if you can hear me? Well, and then that become means to me. l- little little Papa Pump. <laughs> <laughs> so like, boom, 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 boom. That well, leads I, me to my one question: What, where, where is Grogu at the time of the sequel trilogy? That's still totally a hundred percent unknown. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because I don't remember but, seeing him. I mean, obviously, we don't remember seeing him, but. But yeah, um, if he was still Jedi Temple there, he may have died in the siege when um, the Knights of Ren and Kylo and uh, Ben Solo decided to destroy it. Yeah, or he might not have wasn't there. Or then that's why he's not there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and he might have just given up the you know being a Jedi and or with the the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Or or is he the one that everyone thought was a a baby Ray was actually Grogu, even though Mm. we don't see the ears? Yeah, well. You got to think, even if he chooses to leave the way of the Jedi, Ahsoka left the Jedi Order and she's still able to use the Force and use the lightsaber and everything else. She's just not a Jedi. Yeah. Right. Right. Grogu would always be a Force user. Yeah. Whether or not he's officially part of the Jedi is a different thing. Well, I know they don't, they don't mention a lot in, in regular canon because they don't, you know, they don't really go into Force users, but there are those who chose not to follow the way of the Jedi and were still (laughs) Force users out in the world. And still mm-hmm. had, you know, still, I mean, they may not have used lightsabers, but they, they use the, the force. Leia is one of those. It's yep. assume that Maz Kanata is one. Well, yeah. remember, right. so in actual canon, we have confirmation of many different types of force users that are not Jedi and Sith. Jedi and yep. Sith are two religions that happen to use the same energy field as many others. The yep. Night Sisters on Dathomir, the, um, right. the Bendu, all yep. of these ones are beings that use the force. But are not Jedi or Sith. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, right. they're, they're not mm-hmm. part of the religious organizations. Yep. So, um, next we can get back to Tatooine. <laughs> we, we we saw at the beginning of the episode Cobb Vanth yep. and his bringing down the justice, protecting his little dwelling. Yep. Cobb it, Vanth, yeah. who who I thought was going to be the original Mandalorian, but um, it turned out not to be. And then we end the episode with Mandalorian going to see Cobb Vanth after he says. Now, I know people. Yeah, I, I I know where I could get numbers, and then but, um, and then all of a sudden, with the, with Cobb Vance, when we first see him, did any of you guys notice? It seems like there's a little less pep in his step now that he doesn't have that armor anymore. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Well, he's still Cobb Vance. He's still the the marshal, but he's not quite as cocky as he was. Well, did you? Yeah, did because you, he knows he doesn't have any protection from well, did, blaster did, shields or the rocket pack. Do you remember reading the the? Does any anybody here read the aftermath series? Yeah, I read it. I had totally yeah. forgotten that he was in that. The, in the yeah. book, in the book, you you see that, or you read that he kind of just wanted to kind of get out of the way, and he just kind of wanted to forget who he was and just kind of go off into Tatooine and just blend in and not be not be anything special. So, like when he found the armor, he thought it was cool. He had the money for it. He was like, "Okay, give it to me. You know, it'll it'll protect me." And give me a little bit of anonymity but then when he did he had to take on that that mythos you know he had to be you know that mandalorian kind of looking guy yeah. and so and so when when once he got rid of it once the mandalorian came in and 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 bargained for it and got it back from him then he was kind of like you know what hey you know what i'm just here in my little sleepy side of the town and i mean you know and he he could have easily taken that spice that spice bucket and and sold it off and got a lot of money 
money, but you know what? He just didn't want the problems. I, th- I think he's the kind of guy who just wants to blend into the scenery now and kind of be off a little bit, but it's not going to work because he's still a pretty good fast gun. Yeah. 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 Well, then then we have um the end. Yeah, you know, Mandalorian goes and visits him. They're like pretty much saying, Yeah, no. And Mando or uh Cobb's like, Oh, after Mando leaves, yeah, let's bring everyone in, let it put to a vote then. Now when it was a way off at the distance, how how close did he get before you guys figured out who it was? I already figured out who I saw him. As soon as I saw him, I was like, Wait, how big is that hat? Yeah, the hat. The hat's yeah. the only thing that threw me off. Yeah, because it, it does look different than the than the than the animated series. Yes, they. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, when he when they when the guy just goes go in, I don't know who this is going to be an, an issue. I'm sitting there going, it's got to be, it's got to be. And then they show the cowboy stands in the background. I'm going, it is. It's Cat yeah. Bane. Yes. <laughs> the bounty hunter who has taken the place as the baddest bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe from Boba Fett originally. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, goes, I had that spoiled for me ahead of time. So, I, yeah, I did not. Well, it was not us. And that was another thing. My mom goes, who's this blue alien? I'm going, all right, got to fill you in on this, but it's too much information. So uh, here's a link. <laughs> With like all the information, but I mean, him going, yeah, I know Boba and all this. I'm sitting there going, Blood Wars. <laughs> well, the, one of the best parts about it was they actually brought Corey Burton back in to do the voice. Yes, I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because he's aged or not, but he's he was kind of a, a lighter shade than he used to be. <laughs> a lighter shade of blue. Yeah, there was a couple of other changes. Like his vo- his face is not quite as long. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. A, a lot of that you can chalk up to just the difference between animation and um, live action. Yep. Yeah. Well, and we know too with the animation, the, the Duros were the, the facial, well, facial characteristics on a lot of characters were, were a little more exaggerated. I mean, look at the Duros that we see. Right. Yeah. I mean, Cad Bane fits the, the Duros we see in A New Hope mm-hmm. when it comes to head shape. Now, a lot of people are criticizing, oh, the color of blue. Uh, hello. Age. Yeah. Not saying. The same. And it, there's a lot of sun out there, too. So you're getting bleached pretty much. Well, I mean, you must have the timeline even the between beginning. when he was introduced in the Clone Wars to now. So, yeah, I mean, age has a lot to do with him. Plus, I mean, like you said, it's the sun on Tatooine or wherever he's been. <laughs> yep. I think he's still pretty a pretty good, you know, you know, bad, pretty, pretty awesome villain to, to introduce, you know, to reintroduce. You know, into the live action series. So. Yeah. And especially yeah. working with the spice. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely been around a while for sure. <laughs> well it's interesting that we're gonna that means we're also gonna see in this last episode. Remember, um that everything comes full circle in Star Wars. Star Wars has always been told in circular stories. Mm-hmm. But um after he lost his father, hooks up with Cad Bane to learn how to be a bounty hunter. Yep. Mm. We get to that full circle to where now it's Cad Bane versus Boba Fett. Yeah, because right. at the t- at the time right. Django Django Fett was the was the best bounty hunter in all the you know galaxy. the galaxy mm-hmm. and and cad bane was was number two and so then when he lost his head and look what that got him yeah exactly and so then he becomes number one and now you know now the the prodigy of, of, of young uh of uh, Django, uh becomes uh becomes his uh apprentice you know mm-hmm. kind of thing. right 
Yeah, like I said, this this was the one episode that um, Dave Filoni is the only one that could have written and directed this episode because it was basically everything that um, he's ever I think that he's ever wanted to do in live action. Um, he's able to do here. The only stuff that's not in this that he wants to do is going to be in the Ahsoka series. Yep. Yeah. Everything else was in this episode. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of tie-ins that that it's true. It, it, it only could be him who could really kind of bring it in because they're, they're there was a lot of story to tell without spilling too much. Mm-hmm. And and that was I, I think that was key and critical to this one. As much as I thought the the you know episode five was more Mando centric, which it, I mean obviously it was. Yeah. But in this one, you got a lot you were at the you were at the the tie-in buffet when it came to Star Wars live action <laughs> and, and what yeah. you want to do. Because you were getting, you know, a little bit of Luke and Grogu, a little bit of Ahsoka, you know, and even and she tied in a little bit with with uh, you know Luke and Grogu, but not a hundred percent. It was almost like she was there on her own kind of thing. You know, she was she was there not to you know really talk with them. She was there to kind of do something else. And yep. you know, Mando mixing into that, and maybe she was there to kind of throw Mando back off, and and then you know with Boba and and uh, uh, you know Fennec and and. You know, uh, you know, you know, uh, evil uh, Chewbacca. You know, and, and just everything. <laughs> there was, I mean, there was lots of pieces coming together. You know. Yeah, so. well, and you, like you said, with Boba, we even got a cameo from Boba Fett in his own show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't that think that was kind of a, a, a line, though, did he? Yeah, he did because it was him. They were oh, talking yeah, about did. the battle coming up with the pikes, and the Mandalorian walks in and says, yep. "Wait a minute!" And that's when he goes out to Cobb Vance. He's like, "Wait, I know where we might be able to get some numbers," because he knew from the battle with the crate dragon that the people from Free now it's called Freetown. It yep. was uh, Mos Espa. They, they changed it to Freetown, which I believe was the name of the town from uh, the aftermath novels. Yep. Yep. So uh, they've now changed the name of the town to Freetown. And he remembered that the people there were um, pretty strong fighters, considering between them and the Tuscans, they took down a crate dragon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I did that, like the um, Sandcrawler driving around with a crate dragon skull sitting on top of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> little, that was awesome. A little Mad Max vibe there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But they so, were like, you know, all cheering. <laughs> Any final thoughts? I just can't wait to see what. What's going to happen between Cad Bane finally seeing Boba again after all those years and just uh, and seeing the decision that uh, little Grogu is going to make? Is he going to go Mando or Jedi? <laughs> I mean, it might be a while before we find out. Uh, yeah, I, know. I don't think that's, 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 that's the whole entire problem going. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's going to go. Um, he's going to go Mando because they know that um, Grogu is one of the major things that people are watching the show for yep. right. <laughs> right. yeah right i also I, I i also think i also think that there, there's a little hesitation in luke's step when it comes to grogu uh he got him oh, and yeah. i think i i think when when he went and he 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 picked him up and he took him to go train him i think he's starting to now feel i i think it, there was more of the yoda connection in in luke's mind and you kind of saw it tonight where he says you kind of remind me of somebody that i really knew who had a huge heart 
and you know, kind of trying to bring him up. But I think he feels, and this is where I, this is where I really think that the thread that that he, that Grogu is actually a clone of Yoda, mm-hmm. and that Yoda probably was the one who actually commissioned him, and then you know, you know, went to Kamino because he was obviously working, you know, a lot with the clone with the clones, and you know, I have a feeling that he he got the Kaminoans to to make a make a sample of him because there was no Yoda planet. I think that's the that's the whole that's the whole yeah, but, kind of meeting behind it. I don't think there's actually but Grogu's, a Yoda planet. Grogu's age doesn't fit in with that timeline. It does. He would, oh, no, he would have been accelerated aging because that's the way they did all the clones. Yeah, yeah, and they they could have started them out. That and, actually yeah. makes pretty. But also, sense. we've seen other um, other members of Yoda species. Yeah, so well, it's like, it wasn't the last one. Well, how many how many have we actually physically seen? We I know we've seen one. That, yeah, that's supposed to be Yaddle, and that's a, that's his sister or brother. I forget what. I don't know. No relation. No. Oh, no relation. Okay, but we. I mean, maybe who knows? Maybe maybe they're they're planet's gone maybe their planet's destroyed and you know maybe there's they're dwindling species and so they live so long <laughs> that you know that listen yoda could have wanted a padawan from you know from his species right and so he goes he has one made up he keeps it in there he's gonna he's gonna train it or have somebody train it in the jedi ways he's not gonna get an older version of himself to train he wants a a uh, you know, a youngling and he wants to train it and, and make it, you know, himself. So there's that little piece of himself and that, that, the, that we know that the metachlorians or the, you know, the force, you know, uh, you know, molecules within a, a, a species jumps from clone to clone to clone. It just depends on how much of that, how much of the metachlorians actually get in there and create it. So, you know, I think that's the way it went. And then just Yoda, Yoda lost it because he thought that they were dead. But the emperor wanted Yoda or wanted the clone. And the clone just kind of came up with its own name, its own identity, you know? Right. Right. I, I don't know. For me, um, I mean, that's I'm not going to say that's not a possibility, but that doesn't seem to fit Yoda's personality. Because that takes very much of Yoda's thinking about himself and his legacy. And then. We've never seen Yoda think about himself at all. He's no. always been about teaching others, about passing on what he learned and these types of things. So he, it wouldn't matter to him that there's no other of his species there. A lot sure. of that is thinking about him thinking about himself and about his legacy and his people. He, Yoda's never that guy. Yeah, but, you know, you, you listen, you get... That's what oh, I said. You, I'm not going to cut it out that it couldn't happen. You get guilty in your old age, for though, me. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> remember, Yoda was the one teaching everybody the no attachments and all all these types of things and um to, to not think of yourself at all it's all about um helping others and things he's the one telling them all this stuff so i know we're getting we're running a little long here mike so yep. <laughs> we got to cut it somewhere but i think it was next great. week we have the season finale yeah yes. oh can't wait so do a part two of this, Mike, and have us all back on for that one, too. Exactly. <laughs> we may have to call a couple of other guys in here, too. Yes. Hey, the more the merrier. Well, I got another surprise for next week. So oh. as well, Uh-oh. I thought we were going to discuss the finale. But to do a full season recap would be <laughs> pretty nice as well to do a full season roundtable. Yeah. So uh, on that note, um, I'm just going to say only there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code. Signal. All right, cut the chatter. 
project. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my